good Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies. Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Joined in by the man that pays all the bills, keeps the operation running, and gets us this nice, nice, nice equipment. The boss, BJ. Good morning, everybody. What's happening, brother? Now we 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 uh we talked about some things on the Wednesday wind up, and we teased that we were going to come back, but schedule conflicts as usual, you know, duty calls, and we didn't come back. So we're going to start off with what we talked about. We were going to start off. We were going to finish off with and start the next show with, which was Bradley Beal. So I'm going to put this mic on mute. Give you the floor because I know you got a lot to say about Bradley Bill. And then I have a question for you. Let's see if you have an answer after you're done. So, well, take it away. Well, first of all, well, once again, good morning, everybody. Um, KG, if at any time, you know, I'm in and out, just let me know because I am walking around the house and I got Junior with his mom and he's doing his tracing and letters for this morning. But, um, uh, you know, I don't really, I'm not, but I think the time has come for the Wizards to unchain themselves from Bradley Bill. And, you know, I know a lot of Wizards probably won't agree with me, but you have to ask yourself and you have to be honest with yourself. Can Bradley Bill lead this team by himself as the primary star to a championship? And got to be honest with yourself when you ask that question. For me, the answer is no 10 times out of 10. Um, I think he's currently hurt, which, uh, you know, is uh, not going to, Say I don't believe it, but uh, it's kind of questionable with the trade deadline coming around. Um, Bradley Bill can make the most money re-signing with the Wizards. I think it's an extra $60 million. I think it's a 180-something. He could re-sign the extension now with 240-something uh, if he becomes a free agent and re-signs. Um, you know, there's, there's even been some talk about uh, the Wizards being unhappy with Spencer Dinwiddle. And I, I just really think when you, as an organization, when you become a hostage to a player, you're, you're going to lose in that situation. It's, it's nothing you can do in this situation going forward to make this better. And I believe right now the Wizards are being held hostage by Bradley Bill because, unfortunately for the Washington Wizards, this is not a sexy organization. This ain't the Lakers. This isn't the Heat. This is in New York. Players don't want to come here to play. It's not their first option. If it's a player looking for a payday, really doesn't care about winning. I had a name in mind. I'm not going to say the name. Currently plays for another organization. Not doing too well. Actually, they got two of those guys. But I'm, I'm not going to say no names. Um, and, yes, there are guys in the NBA that don't care about winning. They, they don't. Their, their play is proving it. You know, it's, it's cool and it's sexy for them to to shoot and make gestures. And and that's that's in the game. It's, it's not it's not about winning. It's not about the goal winning championships. You know, we got people crying that didn't make the all star team a couple years ago. Fuck an all star team. It's, it's about championships. Tom Brady said it himself to. Um, I forgot the Patriots player he was talking to was mad he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Tom was like, the hell with the Pro Bowl. (laughs) We're trying to get to another bowl. And going back to Bradley Bill, this guy's a star in this league. Don't get me wrong. He's a star in this league. He, um, you know, he's a star. He's not a superstar. can you build your team around a star and win in this league? No, you cannot. 
Um, I think the Wizards took the right approach building this team, trying to um, get enough pieces where you have scoring across the board, defense across the board, athleticism. I think Tommy Shepard has done a really good job getting this team where it is. Um, looking at Brad's stats, 23.2 a game, um, 6.6 assists. Oh, I see three-point percentage. He's shooting right at 30%, which for this league isn't good. That's bottom of the barrel three-point percentage. If this was the 90s, he'd be a marksman. Around, you know, 30 35%. I'm going to say a marksman, but you shooting over 30% in the 90s and 80s, you would consider it. A three-point specialist. Um, Two-point field goal percentage, 50%. Not bad. Um, He's 28 years old. Um, You know, the Wizards and the reports are saying, you know, unless he requests a trade, it's not going to happen. I think the Wizards can get a lot of pieces back for Bill. Bill is a second-tier, maybe even a third-tier player. He's the type of player, he can get you buckets and stuff. Whatever happened here between when he got here with John Wall and now, I mean, you, you, you to me, this is just me looking. This is not anything I heard. I feel like Bradley Bill walks around like he won two championships here. Like, you would have thought this guy played game seven in the NBA Finals. Scored the last 12 points and the game winning shot to win the, the championship. And we had a a, a, tr- a a trophy parade here around the city. I just think that his his attitude towards, you know, playing sometimes, and you can see it on the court, just lazy. It, it, it's, he, you know, last year he didn't have a choice because Russell Westbrook plays at 100 miles an hour. And that's one good thing about Russell Westbrook is that if I'm playing like this and I'm MVP candidate, this, that, and the other, you don't have a choice. And that's something that you could say that Russ did get a little bit more out of him when he was here. But now it's just like you give him the keys and it's just like he, the attitude he has and you know, he what he shows and what he says sometimes, you just question whether that can be the leader of your franchise going forward. Um, and I personally don't think you can. So the Wizards have to decide. I think they're putting a way too much trust in Bradley Bill, and I think they're probably going to end up losing him for nothing. Uh, I would be surprised if he resigns here because he can go to, you know, another team that's contending now that has a superstar. Like I said, he's not a superstar. He's a star. That's why I, I, I was, you know, I'm not hating, but sometimes people need a reality check, and I was glad to see his name wasn't even on consideration by the fans for the All-Star break because he don't deserve it. None of the Wizards deserve it. Uh, this this is the team that was number one a month, a month or two ago, two months ago. Number one in the East. You know, everybody, Wizards fans like, all right, that's what's up. You know, a lot of Wizards fans felt disrespected because they weren't in the top ten power rankings. And, you know, I said, uh, you know, hold your horses because they, they got a lot to prove. This is a team that's just been put together. They got to prove they can do this over time. Time will tell. You want to get to your – um your mark and figure out, okay, after I said 20, 30 games, after 20, 30 games, where we at now? Now they still were performing at a high level. Like the bulls have continued to do like the heat, the bucks. And once again, like always, there's always a team in the East that leaps leapfrogs the wizards and never fails. The Cavaliers are sitting in fourth at 32 and 21. Um, the Raptors are not, I don't want to say leapfrog, but they're back in the mix at 28, 23. 
Celtics were 29 and 25, the Hornets 28 and 26, and the Hawks was just kind of surprising, sitting at 10th at 25 and 27. Then you had the Wizards at 11th, 24 and 28. <sighs> um, it's it just this team is not going to. This is this is going to be the team. If you don't trade Bradley Bill, if you do re-sign him in the offseason, this is going to be your team. This is going to be a playing team every year. Unless you get a superstar to come play alongside Brad, it's not going to happen. I, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this team will be a, you know, maybe at the at the ceiling, you know, depending on how everybody else develops, they might reach the East Finals, but they're just not championship material with Bradley Bill. So you have to ask yourself, what's out there? Can you, you know, you know, I know Ben Simmons isn't the answer, but you do get a player that can, that has, you know, some some potential, that can play really good defense. You lose the offense you get with Brad. But, you know, the, the asking price for Philly with Ben Simmons, I think that whole situation's on. A lot of ridiculous. I'm not going to go too far into that. But the Wizards have a lot of pieces. You got to ask yourself, what are you willing to get up, give up? And I, like I said, I think Tommy Shepard has done a phenomenal job putting this team together, getting young pieces, um, you know, getting Kuzma. Montrezl Harrell has been really solid. He, he, he does his job. Montrezl Harrell is not – going to give you 30 points tonight. That's not his job. His job is energy, effort, toughness, be the bully sometimes, do the dirty work. That's his job. Um, and his, his team just is, is, is underperformed. Um, they're 11th now. If they were 5th or 6th, I, I would feel a whole bunch better. But, you know, you're looking at this team – and, you know, they've taken blowout L's. They got blown out on the 23rd of January, the Celtics, 116-87. The Grizzlies, 115-95. Um, the Suns, 95-80. to They were never in that game. And then it, the game before that, they beat the 76ers. Lost to the Bucks, 112-98. Like, I'm just, you know, it's, it's some of these games they were never in. And the, and the score is a little, you know, the, you, you look at the score, oh, they only lost by, you know, eight. And well, you know, that, that's, you know, because they had some garbage time points. Um, You know, they're losing the teams they should lose to. You know, the Rockets, um, the Trailblazers without, without <laughs> you know, their, their players. Um, the Raptors, they should be ahead of the Raptors. Um, the Clippers. The Grizzlies, they beat earlier this year. I went to that game at um, Capital One Arena. Uh, the Bucks, they beat the Bucks earlier this year. And then the Suns are the team to beat, you know. They, but it's just that if you don't get up for the Suns, if you don't get up for, you know, the best teams, then what's going on? I'm not going to blame Wes, Elson, Wes, Wes Unsell Jr. Um, you know, if you've been listening to this show at all when I talk about the Wizards, you know, I'm not one of Bradley Bill's biggest fans. I just think it's time to move on. Uh, KG, I'm going to cut it off there because I can keep going. I can keep going. I can keep going. But I just think it's time for the Wizards to really consider trading Bill and getting some pieces back and trying to build their, you know, really kind of build their team. I, I just think that if you if you stick with him, this is what you're going to get every year. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get a fourth to play in finish, and you're going to get a first or second round exit yearly. It's just, it's just not, you know, unless you get another player that can come in here and like Russell Westbrook, you know, but those, those type of trades and those players like that that are available are few and far between. You know, it, it's just, you know, something that's not – not, you know, readily available. And it's just Bill's not a number one. Bill's a number two guy. Bill's a number two guy. He would fit perfectly on the Lakers, behind LeBron, behind AD. He would fit perfectly on the Nets, 
behind KD, behind James Harden. He would fit perfectly in Miami. He needs to be second fiddle. He needs not to have the team on his back. And this is this is a, a warning to any NBA team. If you go get Bradley Bill, you you better already have you better it better be an addition. This 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 isn't a building block. This isn't the guy you start your team with. It just isn't. And it, you know, it's no disrespect to Brad. Cause I you know, I think he's a really good scorer, but sometimes he's lazy. Sometimes, you know, he plays like he's a superstar and he's not. Sometimes he plays like, you know, when he goes home, he's looking at two championship trophies and they're not there. I think they got real big headed, too fast, too quick with no accomplishments. And, you know, it's uh, it's sad to see because I think it, it, it could be so much more as a Wizards fan is upsetting, but it's time to move on. I got defeated by the mute button, but let me let me throw this out there to, before we move on from this segment. You talked about players being few and far between to get. Now, you can also do addition by subtraction. And what I was thinking the other night, I don't know, it popped in my head. A guy that seems to be a pretty good score, uh, very reliable, very healthy. Um, good guy to be around, and that's Tobias Harris. And he has – Tobias Harris has one, two – two years left on his contract because <clears throat> we're in a 21-22 season. Slated to make $35 million, 35.9 to be exact, 37 and 22-23, and in 23-24, he's slated to make $40 million almost. Well, 39.2 to be exact. Why not give up Bradley Beal? for Tobias Harris because you're getting a more reliable score. A guy that's a dog can play the two and the three, just like Bill, but he has more of a body to play the three when needed. And you put him with this young core that started out so hot. Number one in the East. And I told everybody, stop getting happy that they're number one in the East. It means nothing the first month of the season. Get happy when they're number one in the East going into April and there's no way that they can collapse. That's when you get happy. What do you think about getting Tobias Harris? Now, you may have to give up some other pieces because I'm not sure what the Wizards salary cap look like, how much room they have. But you may have to give up some other pieces to get Tobias Harris. But I say Bradley Beal for Tobias Harris and pieces and all that. Problem solved. I think you'll see a, a different Wizards team because Bill needs a he needs to change a, sh- a scenery. He needs to get out of D.C. And I, I'm not saying that he can't handle the pressure. But he has he, he has help, but he doesn't have the help that he once had. You know, him and John Wall were a great backcourt combo. Uh, greatest combo in the league? No. But he has to get out of D.C. But but John was a number one. And John was John was on superstar cusp until he hit some, hit, hit some injuries. And I'm not saying this because I love John. Like, John was the heart and soul of the city. John played hard. John had his moments where, you know, kind of, you know, lazy on defense. He thought he could have did a little bit better. You know, went a little harder. But John wasn't afraid. John attacked. John could win a game. John could control the tempo of the game. Brad can't do that. Brad just can't take over a game. It's very few games you can point to like Brad took that game over and won. That's why he's a superstar. It's no moment that you can say, like, man, Brad out there and I just just can't stop him. You know, he's a, he's a volume scorer. And, and, and it's like I said, you know, and, and, you know, people hear this and what's his fans that hear this, but I mean, he just hate Bradley Bill. Just look, look across the league at your more efficient scores. KD, let's go to the best, the best score in the league. 
efficient. You know, yeah, they on a seven, eight game losing streak, or whatever. But we're not talking about thirty shots and twenty two points. You know, thirty eight shots and twenty two points. You know, if you put any player in there and you give them thirty or forty shots, you should be able to get twenty two points. So it's, it's you know. See what you said, and I, I'm not gonna keep writing about Bill. I, I made my point. You know, I would like to see him gone. I would like to see the Wizards start fresh, get players in here that want to play, that's gonna play hard, and buy into the coaches' system because I believe you know down the line that's gonna get West Unsell Junior fired because of the coach is gonna take the blame if, if things don't work out. So what you said about Tobias Harris? Here's the thing. You know, yeah, Tobias is a hell of a scorer, but Tobias isn't a number one either. Would the team play different and harder? I think so. I think it's a cloud over this team that nobody wants to talk about or admit. And I think it's coming from Bill because I think he has that superstar mentality that, you know, Jordan, hey, don't talk to me mentality because you don't start type shit. Um, But I would like to see the package for Ben Simmons. Because what Philly's offered asking for Ben Simmons is astronomical. And the boy can't get you a bucket. He, he's, he's, I, I want to say, and, you know, I, I cringe saying this, is he an elite defender? I, uh, he might be headed to that direction just because of his size. Um, he needs to change his scenery. Brad needs to change his scenery. I think that's your swap. Now, what other pieces go into that, that's a, a different – They, if you lose losing Ben Simmons, they can't give up Harris because Harris is, what, their number two scorer. Number two or number three, depending on what night. But Tobias Harris has always been a really good scorer. Always. Um, I think – and, look, I said what I said about Bill – but I think his trade value in the NBA, they can get more for him once they put his name out there. I think they can get a better package. Like the Lakers don't have anything. The Lakers want him. They don't have. They don't have the, 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 the capital. They're stuck with that uh, AARP team. They're stuck with that. Um, they're stuck with you know worrying about when Anthony Davis go up if he's gonna blow his knee out, chip his tooth. Break his finger. Boy made a complete glass. You know, they have to worry about that. You want to go to a team that has draft capital. And this, the, the draft is, the NBA draft isn't like the NFL draft where you can find the gym in the third round, you can find the gym in the fourth round. If you don't have a top 10 pick in the NBA, you pretty much screw. Now, don't get me wrong. It's been players drafted later in the first round, drafted in the second round, that turned out to be really good players. But when you play the numbers, you play percentages, top five, high percentage, top 10, higher percentage than 10 through 30, and then second round. So, you know, you want a game changer. You want a, you know, something you can build on. You need a top 10 pick. So then you look around the league, all right, what teams around here that have might have a top 10 pick that we can get? Or am I going to get enough back where I can finesse another trade? And I think Tommy Shepard has done a really good job making some moves. But it's time to make another move, and that's got to get rid of three. Got to get rid of three. KG, if you do Tobias Harris – I need Seth Curry. I need something else. The Tobias isn't like Bill's trade values is is high. So if you go Tobias Harris, that if any of you are familiar with the trade meters on the games, it's going to be still red for the Wizards. Like, hey, we need more. Well, what else you got? Now if they send Thibault. Any of that? I'm taking that quick. If they can get Thibault. And maybe Seth or Tobias, 
I, I'm taking that. But I don't think Philly is making any move that doesn't involve Ben Simmons. They have to get rid of that cloud. So if you make a move, KG, it has to be a topper tier player. Even though I like Tobias, even though I think he's a really good scorer and player, plays hard. If you're getting rid of Bill, you need a little bit more. I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, I just I thought I'd throw that out there and ask that question. But you make it make sense. And that trade meter will be like, yeah, we need more. And that trade meter, boy. Oh, man, that trade meter can be all the way green and they still say we need more. Like, dog, what more do you need? But we're going we gonna to leave that right there and we'll see what happens. Uh, we got All-Star weekend and trade deadline coming up uh, in a few weeks. So maybe something to happen then. Now, switching over to the NFL. We talked about Brian Flores uh, Wednesday night on the Wednesday windup. We talked about his class action lawsuit and everything against uh, the NFL, the Giants, the Broncos, and the Dolphins organization alleging racial discrimination. Okay. A lot of people have come out over the last couple of days saying, well, he shouldn't have a lawsuit. He's not that good of a coach. Uh, who is this guy? He's a bum and yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing about Brian Flores. And then I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there and I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. This dude has been in the NFL since 2004. He worked with the Patriots organization in the front office as a scouting assistant and a pro scout. Uh, 04 and 05 as a scouting assistant, 06 and 07 as a pro scout. 08, he came down to the field as a coach. He became special teams assistant. Then in uh, 2010, uh, special teams coach. Then 11, defensive assistant. 12 through 15, he was a safeties coach. 16 through 18, he was a linebackers coach. Then he took his first job, head, head job, in 2019 as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, okay? This dude has four Super Bowls. Four, count them, one, two, three, four Super Bowls. He has four rings that he earned on Belichick's staff, okay? He takes the job in Miami. And he, three years in Miami, 24 and 25, he gave Miami their first back-to-back -back winning seasons in 20 years. I thought it was 18. It was 20 years. And he was fired. Now, in, in this lawsuit that he's filing, you know, he's talking about how the Giants hired Brian Dable, BJ's old offensive coordinator up in Buffalo, before they even hired any minority candidates. Now, BJ has been saying for quite some time, how much of a sham the Rooney rule is now. They've taken a great rule that was meant to help minorities get these head coaching jobs, help minorities break down that quote-unquote door, bust through that glass ceiling. But now it has went from a glass ceiling to the, you know, the first few years, you know, before it was a glass ceiling, then it became a plastic ceiling. Now it's that Thick, remember that old thick look like brick glass that you push it out and it just make a, a hard sound but never shatters that's what kind of glass it is now because they're finding new ways to keep minority coaches down okay he says the broncos executive john elway and uh broncos management came in uh disheveled and looked like they had been drinking all night but they said oh no we flew into rhode island to have this only time i never heard of an interview at 7 30 in the morning you know, you're, you're switching time zones. With all the technology we have, there's no excuse. Okay? He's accused Dolphins owner Stephen Ross of pressuring him to tank and tamper with the QB, but because he refused, he was fired. Okay? Here's the flip side. Now you have the Texans. Uh, the Broncos hired a coach. Jacksonville hired a coach. You got the Dolphins, the Texans. It's one more team out there that doesn't have a coach. 
but the Texans have been rumored to go after Brian Flores. And I heard something. I think I was listening to Mad Dog or Mike Florio. I was listening to somebody on Sirius. And they said, I think the Texans are going to wait until the fire dies down. And they're going to quietly hire Brian Flores because that's what they wanted in the first place. But they're going to give him either one of those jobs is open. It's a shit show. They're going to get and If he goes to the Texans, I guarantee you he'll go to the Texans within two days of him being hired before he has a chance to even set up his office. Deshaun Watson's about it. So now he has to find a quarterback in maybe 36 hours. Okay. My thing with Brian Flores, and it's going to tie into our last segment. Brian Flores, good coach. Is he an asshole? Name a coach is not an asshole. Well, I can't. Joe Jackson Gibbs was not an asshole. But most coaches are assholes. But they're the lovable assholes. They'll pluck with you to get you. You know, if a coach has to motivate you, there's a problem. But coaches are going to pick at you. They're going to pluck at you. That's just what happens. It's it, it it's a innate thing. You know, they're going to rib you. They're going to poke at you. They want the best from you because everybody has the same goal no matter what your political beliefs are no matter what anything is we all had the same goal win a championship not win 10 games not get to the playoffs not win a playoff game every year every team starts out with the same goal everybody on that team has the same goal front office field whatever win a championship i don't care about him being an ass i don't care about him treating veteran players better than he treats younger players. I don't care. The dude can flat out coach. There's no way in four hills he should have been fired in Miami over some BS, okay? Now, let me tie this into the last segment, which is, you know, jigger what? When Jay-Z... Hold on before you move oh. on. Okay. Hold on before you move on. And can you give me Brian Flores' record for the last two years? Uh, hold on. I just had it pulled up. I still got it. I still got it. All I'm going to do is hit a button. Hit a button. Head coaching record. Brian Flores' last two years. Uh, two, 2020, he was 10 and 6. 2021, right. he was 9 and 8. So 19 games. 19 games. Two years. How many losses? Nine. 19 and 14 in two years. Okay. Let me read to you other coaches that still have their jobs. Brian Flores is fired 19 and 14 last two years. Not given a chance to build on Tua and the Dolphins team he was putting together, which is a pretty solid team. You know, very well coached in my head. John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens coach, 19 and 14. Cliff Kingsbury, 19 and 14, the Cardinals coach that just got embarrassed in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy, Dallas coach, 18 and 15. We know this isn't a coach that would get fired, but Bill Belichick last two years, 17 and 16. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers, very good coach. I rave about Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan on here all the time. 16 and 17, a losing record. Zach Taylor with the, the Bengals. That's in the Super Bowl. 14-18-1. And, and our local coach, Ron Rivera, Washington Commanders, 14-19. and 19. None of those players, I, none of those coaches I, I, I mentioned, besides Mike McCarthy, has any chance of losing their job. And let me, before you move on to the whole Jay-Z and that thing, um, We've been fed so much bullshit for the last couple of years. And we said it on the last show, you know, how the excuse was always with Brian. uh, um, Brian Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy. Oh, you know, their teams are still in the playoffs. You know, you know, the reason why they're not getting a job because their teams are making it so deep. But yet. The Rams, what, offensive coordinator just got hired for a job, and they're in the Super Bowl, which he's going to take control of the job after the Super Bowl. We hear so many excuses when it comes to black coaches. Um, 
Bruce Arians is an asshole. He just hit his one of his players. Um, Bill Belichick is an asshole. You don't think Tom Brady and Gronkowski and Edelman and Hightower and Gilmore got uh, uh, better treatment than rookies? It's always some lame-ass excuse when it comes to why black coaches ain't being hired and, you know, this, that, and the other. But then you see, like anything else in this country, you see that white counterparts get get that treatment in the same circumstances. But then, oh, no, no, it's not the same. It's not the same. This man for the Rams did the interview. They're still in the playoffs. They're in the Super Bowl. So now he's going into the Super Bowl knowing he has a, another uh, head coaching job. I mean, I thought the excuse was always, you know, you always deny your staff uh, access to your staff if you're still in the playoffs. That's always been the rule, right? Until it's for white coaches and, and, the, and the black coaches, oh, no, 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 you know, they still in the playoffs. That's, it's bullshit. The whole thing is bullshit. We've seen coaches hired left and right. I was so happy to see Byron Leftwich take his name out of that bullshit Jacksonville job. Let Doug Peterson have it. You know, um, I would be surprised if Brian Flores gets hired. And you're right. If he does get hired to the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson probably wants to play for them. They'll ship him out just because. They'll ship him out just because. They've done everything in their power to hold on to him. If they get Brian Flores or, if, you know, I guarantee you, and, and Lady C isn't going to like this, and I heard her piece on Sean Payton leaving. It's not a coincidence that Sean Payton's leaving and they don't have a quarterback because you can't win in this league without a quarterback. And Jameis got hurt, unfortunately. You know, you can say what you want about Jameis. Yeah, he's a little out of control sometimes, but – I think he's, you know, if you if you look at the league, he's probably a top 20, top 15 quarterback. Top 15. I give him top 15. You know, um, so Sean Payton left that, ran from that. Yeah, I, I don't have a quarterback. It's not, I can't do anything with this. And, and, and that's the truth. You can't, if you, if you hire a coach like Ron Rivera in Washington, these years can't count because he doesn't have a quarterback. The year he gets a quarterback, let's just say they get Russell Wilson. Now you're on the clock, buddy. You have a quarterback, a proven quarterback. Let's go. You can't judge. You can't judge this man with Taylor Heineke. Don't get me wrong. You can judge. You can still judge because, like I said, Kyle Shanahan is taking a dumpster quarterback to the NFC Championship game. And he's working his pieces around him, Debo Samuel and those guys. You know, playing smart defense, playing chess and not checkers. You know, so you can judge your court your your coach off of what you have. But it's a quarterback driven lead. And if you don't have somebody under center that could get you up and down the field, that could win games, you're basically standing in the mud with, with no shoes on. You know, and just to think that, you know, the my whoever inherits Miami probably if they're a good coach can get this team to the playoffs. This, you know, this they're on the cusp of, you know, I hate to say that because Buffalo's in the same division. You know, they they're there. They they, you know, it, it's dangerous. They're dangerous. They're they might be a piece or two away from taking the division yearly. You know, cuz Buffalo got some issues. They're going to have they got They've gotten exposed two years straight in the playoffs on defense. So, yeah, it, it, somebody's going to inherit this team. Um, it's a lot of clouds over the Miami Dolphins, too, because Stephen A. Bootlicker made a good point. If if the allegations are true, then the guy can't be an owner anymore. But the thing is, if Hugh Jackson is saying what he's saying, then the Cleveland owner can't be an owner. If you dig into it deeper – there's probably a lot of owners that can't be owners anymore. And then I'll, I'm with that being said, KG, I'm going to switch it back to you so you can go to the next segment. Where does this put what Jay-Z was supposed to be doing? And, and before you go into it, 
I thought when Jay-Z signed what he did, I thought it was for just entertainment purposes only. <laughs> I thought Apparently he was so. doing Yeah, I thought he was just I, and I don't want to I don't want to lighten the load on Jay-Z because I we need to go look at the deal. But I thought it was he was supposed to be doing the entertainment side like you know the halftime show and stuff and um for the NFL. I didn't I didn't think it was like ownership and things like that. Now he made some statements. I'm gonna let KD get into this because I know he's ready. Now I'm gonna throw this out here, and this is where I, why I say Brian Flores ties into this last one. You remember when Jay Z signed? Brian Flores was holding practice down in Miami. This is August, so this is training camp. They said he played eight consecutive Jay Z songs because uh, Kenny Stills, receiver for the Miami Dolphins at the time criticized the rapper and his NFL partnership. So Brian Flores, this is why I say he's an asshole. He played eight consecutive Jay-Z songs. So Kenny Stills responded by playing some Nas. And I'm sure he played Ether. I'm sure he did. This is why I say Brian Flores is an asshole. Because that's an asshole move. You crit- you know, play a criticize something, and then you go dig at him and go play that artist eight straight times. You know? But it is what it is. Now, Jay-Z signed this partnership, quote-unquote, back in August 2019. And what he said during this meeting with Roger Goodell, this is pre-pandemic. You know, it seems like it's so long ago. And I said then what I'll say now. I think we've moved past kneeling, and I think it's time to go into actionable items is what Jay-Z said. The first thing I said was, okay, what's the plan? You say, I think we've moved past kneeling. Okay, then what's next? What are we supposed to do? Oh, great and powerful jigger. What are we supposed to do, bro? Since, you know, you didn't took this spearhead. What are we supposed to do? And here we are, nearly three years later, two and a half. Nothing has been done. Okay, so you don't have players kneeling anymore. They got them kneeling on Madden, but you don't have players kneeling for the national anthem. They're just not coming out anymore. You know? you st- Okay, so you put stickers on the back of the helmet. Black Lives Matter. Uh, everybody love everybody. Stop hate. You know, okay. But you still have things going on with minorities in the nfl the nba has been way more progressive i think adam silver is one of the best commissioners in the four major sports in america because he listens to not only owners but he listens to players and a lot of people don't like david stern didn't like david stern love david stern you show me a perfect man you can't show me one david stern was another one that listened to players as well as ownership, but he also listened to numbers. Roger Goodell is not any of them. He's not. Roger Goodell, to be quite honest, is not fit to shine Adam Silver's or David Stern's shoes. He doesn't listen to his players. He does not read the room. You sign this partnership and jay-z okay so he put together a halftime show with eminem dr dre mary j blige okay that's cool what are we doing since we since you say we've moved past kneeling what are we doing to 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 inspire social change you know how many minorities watch the nfl you know how many minorities look up to jay-z You have a chance. You have a platform. And you're not using it, to be quite honest. I mean, you make great songs. You make you throw some lines out there, which is great. Uh, The song that him and uh, Nas did on the uh, on the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. Awesome. But it's something that Freya Hampton said. Theory without work is bullshit. You can have a theory, but if you don't put the work behind it, it's all bullshit. 
when Jay-Z made that comment, it pissed me off because there was no, 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 no. Okay, what's the actionable items? What's the action? I get upset and I'm trying to contain myself. But you say these things and everybody's looking back on this. And, you know, everybody was saying at the time, give him a chance, give him a chance, give him a chance. You know, Jay-Z owned the Nets. Jay-Z owned 1% of 1% of the Nets. He had no controlling interest. Okay, you say give him a chance. It's been two and a half years. Jay-Z has only done what? A halftime show for this year's uh, Super Bowl. Other than that, what has he done to inspire social change in the NFL, which could have went across the board in sports? I don't know if he's responsible for, you know, stop the hate and the Black Lives Matter and all that. Uh, stuff being put on the field and on the helmets. I don't know if he's a part of that, but okay, yeah, those are words. Where's the action? That's my that's my question. Where's the action? And don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking Jay-Z. I'm a Jay-Z fan. But when it comes down to issues that affect my community, as a black man, as a person of color, as a minority, when it comes down to issues like that, and you say it's time for actionable items, what's the action? Come on. You want to jump up and be the leader? All right. Let's go. But on the other hand, I have a problem with when it's time to take the lead in the black community. It's always an entertainer or a celebrity that ain't got no feet in the mud. You see what I'm saying? Jay-Z ain't got his feet in the mud no more. He not out here beating the block. Those days for him are over. If I'm not mistaken, is he listed as a billionaire? Those days are over. So you can inspire change, but you just pretty much spinning your wheels. And I really think that this, this, this quote unquote deal with the NFL was nothing but a cash grab. It was just money. I mean, you, you, you got paid off of it. It went into your portfolio. Don't make statements criticizing. And that's what I felt that was. a. Everybody felt that was a dig at Cap. And everybody can say what you want to say about Cap. He wasn't that good of a quarterback. That's why he's not in the league. Stats don't lie. But everybody has revisionist history when it comes to Cap. So go look at the stats of him under Harbaugh compared to the stats under him under Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is a shit coach. NFL coach. It didn't work. They didn't mesh well. Okay. But that dig at cap and you did nothing after that. That's a problem for me. I really have a problem with that. You know, that's one of those things. I'm like, come on, Jiggy, you got to do something. You can't put something out there like that. And then you never do anything. I have a problem with that. I don't have the platform that he has. I don't have the backdoor connections. I don't have the front door connections that he has. But dude, you could put some things in the place. I don't know what you're doing behind the scenes, but out in front, it looked like you just standing there. I'm not, st me personally, I'm not holding my breath, waiting, oh man, I got to see what Jay-Z gonna say, so I know what we doing. We gotta know what direction we going. I know what direction we going in. The question is, are you gonna follow me? I'm not waiting for Jay-Z to tell me what direction to go in. I'm already started off because I know what's the, what needs to be done. I just don't have the following and the backing. But I'm good. I'm okay with that. Jay-Z made that statement, and then here we are, two and a half years later. We have black coaches not getting high. Eric B. Enemy, uh, Byron Leftwich. But if they're getting high, they're getting high in the, in the shit shows. You got coaches with winning records getting fired in Brian Flores, who has to sue the NFL, who's never going to probably coach in the NFL again. Probably. What did that deal really consist of? What did that deal really do for social injustice? What did it do for minorities in the NFL? Not a motherfucking thing. And I mean that with 
my whole chest. And BJ just said, it seems like we're regressing. Yeah, we are. Because we're back to having that glass ceiling for minority head coaches. Anytime, and we go, to, we say this all the time, anytime a 9-7 and seven Jim Caldwell in Detroit turning a shit franchise around gets fired in favor of Matt Patricia. What did Matt Patricia win in three years? What did he win? Six games in three years? Then you they bring in Dan were, Campbell and ask him to fix they, it. They were so eager to be able to get Patricia, too. They were so eager to be able to get him. You know, he was a Patriot man. You know, yeah, let's bring him in. And the man that, the man that, the man that helped try to turn your franchise around. Oh. There you go. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, it's just like they were so pressed to get Matt Patricia. And, you know, you get, you you know, like Detroit is a complete shit show. That's a, it's a franchise that that needs, you know, complete turn. That's a, that's a five-year project, you know. And you know what's insulting? Let me tell you what's insulting. We're talking about you know, black head coaching candidates, uh, you need in a second interview with me. If I if if I'm interviewing for a team and me presenting myself as a man and my accomplishments the first time didn't didn't move the needle, I'm not you calling me for a second interview, I'm not going. That's an insult to me. That's an insult to me. So you're questioning what I bring to the table. It wasn't good enough the first time. Why the hell am I coming back a second time? Like, I've said this before, before all these allegations came out, before Brian Flores' lawsuit came out, I told you I thought that a lot of, of our black coaches from the past have taken money to do these interviews just so these teams can satisfy the Rooney rule and they hire who they want to hire. Look, we, you know, we, we interviewed Dennis Green. We interviewed this guy. We interviewed this guy. You know? You get that under the table. Look, man, we're going to fly, fly you out first class. You know, we're going to put 25000 in your pocket, 50000 in your pocket. I give you $75,000. Just, you know, come out here. This shit, they might not even meet. You know, but if, you know, probably, probably for the camera's sake, you know, you at least have to walk into the facility. Oh, you, you can say it's a private meeting. And you know, we met him at the hotel or something. You know, like you said, it's um it's nothing like a face to face meeting, but the technology you have now, you can do a zoom, quick zoom meeting. You know, with everybody in the and 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 just listen to your candidates and stuff, especially with you know the time we're living in now with the quote unquote coronavirus, you know, spreading around. Um but, I, you know, the NFL is the shield. It's still a good old boys network. And, you know, if you do lose an owner, I, you know, me and KG talked about this a little bit last night. If you do lose a Dolphins owner, I think the NFL is going to try to make that a minority owner. But it's going to be a token black minority owner. It's going to be somebody that, yes, he's a billionaire. Yes, he's a, you know, a group of, of minority-led ownership. But they're going to be your token black people that, you know, you know, you put in place, you can still control. You, they still have your beliefs. You know, this is you're. You know, I would I would like to see real, real minority NFL ownership. You know, um, it's it's a couple of you know black businessmen out here that you know could put a, a bid in to get a team, and I don't think it's going to happen because you still got people like Jeff Bezos and. Elon Musk can buy the team outright. They don't need any damn help. They don't need to put it together a financial package. They can just snap their fingers and be like, well, yeah, I'll just buy it outright. <laughs> I won't have no minority owners. When I say minority owners, I mean people, not black people, but people underneath that don't own, that own uh, 6% of the team, that own, somebody owns 0.3% or, you know, 1.5%. Bezos don't have, doesn't have to do that. Elon Musk doesn't have to do that. It's a couple of other uh, billionaires, you know, tr you know, that don't have to do it. They just buy the team and the stadium outright. Just like the Rams owner 
which is a piece of shit. He was trying to make the city of St. Louis pay for the stadium. And when they wouldn't do it and they couldn't agree on it, guess what he did? Took all of his own money and built the stadium in L.A., which caused a ton shit more. The, the owners had these. Some of these owners had this money, and you know, I went down memory lane on Google Maps. You know, a couple of months ago, I won't go ahead, get too deep into this, but you know, you just look at the old stadiums that that's still sitting there, taking up uh, community space, community resources. I never thought I would be one of these people. I never thought I'd be one of these people. I always like, man, when they built FedEx Field and Landover, I was excited. Man, it's a stadium right around the corner. As you get older, you see the impact and the drain it takes on the community, the traffic, the eyesore, all of that. KG, I, thought, I never thought I'd be one of these people. But if you go to Google Maps and just go look at some of the stadiums of the past, they're just sitting there, taking up space, taking up resources, and rather turning them into a homeless shelter or something like that, they just let them sit, rot, and fall apart mm-hmm. until the time for the wrecking ball. But guess who got who, who has to guess who has to use their resources and funds to take down the stadium? The city does. Yep, and that comes to the taxpayers. Think about what's getting ready to happen in DC later on this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now and I don't know if you heard this, but you know, day. yeah. Yeah. If we if we can, we need to be there that day. Cameras rolling, and just you know, kind of taking that man, because it's it's we won't get into that, but it, it that needs to happen. We need to get back out there for more pitches too, before they yeah. you know start really getting into it. But Mariel Bowser wants now she wants the Washington Commanders back in D.C., but she didn't want them back when they were the Redskins. She didn't want them back when they were the football team. But now they're the Washington Commanders. Let's let, let's sit down and strike up a deal. And here's my thing. It's so much revitalization going on in D.C. And I know we're jumping off topic. But it's so much revitalization going on in D.C. So you're going to abandon uh, FedEx Field, which is 24, 25 years old almost. Opened in 97. Yeah, that's 25 years. Yeah, be twenty five. We need this to year. figure out. We need to figure out who the who designed that stadium. That stadium remember, had its time. That stadium was. It was no bad seats in the house. Yes, that was. stadium was state of the art. No, no, no. Remember when no, Daniel Snyder started taking those daggone seats out and started putting in the party there? Remember that stadium sat ninety five thousand people without a bad seat in the house. And, we sat at the top of the stadium and could see everything. Yeah, but it was still bad seats in the stadium. You had to seats behind the pillars and stuff the, that that you know were built. That's what I'm saying. That that Dan inherited that. He didn't do anything well, to rectify it. But they had it that still, uh, RFK and nobody complained. Yeah, I mean, but you know, that's RFK. What, what year was that built? What year was RFK built? RFK was built in 1960. Okay. We're talking about 1960s. You're talking about now. Here, when did the uh, when did FedEx Field start construction? Ninety what? Ninety six. Four. Early because I think it took. I think it took almost a year to do. Okay, so then you have Fed, you have RFK to go off. Like, look, you know, we got the cement pillar, and we're going way off topic. You have a chance to build a better football stadium. You didn't. You built a a big ass. I know you always say the largest toilet bowl is in Dallas, but I I, I gotta disagree with you. It's here. It's right in Landover Field, at Landover, Maryland, right off the Beltway, right off four ninety five. You make a left on Bright Seat Road, and as soon as you make that left on Palm the Hill, the biggest shit bowl you can find. Well, actually, it's called it's Chantel a- Away. Please put respect on that. I'm so sorry, Chantel Away. But from parking, from accessibility to food to seats to everything about that stadium is bad. There's nothing in that stadium that's that's first class. Nothing. Do do you know why things got like that? 
Because when Daniel Snyder took over, remember, they had to deal with Metro. Our first game we went there was December 2000. Yeah, December 24th, 2000. I'll never forget it. We watched the the Cardinals and the Redskins play. I think it was the next to last. It was the last home game. Last home game of the season. Right. We parked at Chevrolet Station, caught the Metro bus for free to the stadium, dropped us off at the door, walked in. Walked around the stadium, took it all in. Nobody pressuring you. Hey, where you going? What you doing? Metro bus wasn't free. It was five dollars for a round trip. No, we didn't pay for the metro because we had tickets. We didn't pay. No, it, it was that. That's the reason why metro stopped because you had your Karens of the world that said that because metro was a public funded transportation, it couldn't charge charter service for the stadium so instead of metro doing it for free metro just said fuck it you know i hate that company with a passion (laughs) so instead of metro metro just said fuck it we we don't need to do it i mean because you know the the people that ran metro and the operators are easy overtime yeah you you see the tick you see the buses you see the articulated buses Leaving Addison Road, leaving all you know the surrounding stations, taking you to the stadium. Bus is full of people, and but that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Um, and I we'll we'll get off this when we go in there. It's twelve twenty five, and we've been on for an hour, so I know we got to get ready to get off. I would like to know what other sites were, um, other than where they where they picked the land over. And I know Jack Kit Cook was you know basically saying. A big ass fu to DC, um, but you pick the site where there's no close metro station. You you have a model in RFK that you could have redid and did it a modern way. Didn't do that. You had other other stadiums that were built that were newer that you could have looked at. It's just like they didn't do any of that. It's just like uh, slap that motherfucker together. Slap it together and let's just get as many people in here as humanly possible. Let's make it on a hill so people got to walk up a damn hill to get to it. And, you know, it, it just you if you go go there now and you look at it, it's just like it just looks like it's not being taken care of. But it's way off topic. Let's get back on track so we can get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Uh, but. To the final point, uh, like it says, Jigga what? What was this, Jay-Z? What was the really, really big thing behind this deal? Because we haven't, you, you say you think we moved past kneeling. Okay, nothing's getting done. Kneeling, it was bringing attention to the social injustice that would happen, not in the NFL at, uh, by itself, but it, it was bringing social uh, attention to social injustice that happened in the world. We're still going through that. Amir Locke in Minnesota killed on his sofa while he was sleeping. We're still going through the same things that we were dealing with three years ago that we've been dealing with for years. And this is long, but it's just only thing is, is just social media now can 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 get everything out faster. Where are we moving forward to? You jumped on this deal, and all we got is a music. We got a decent uh, halftime show this year, but what else do we have? Where's the change at? Two and a half years later, and there's still no change in the NFL. Uh, I don't. I. I. I'm. I'm. My whole thing is to sum it all up about this Jay Z partnership with the NFL. If it's just a musical thing, make it just a musical thing. That 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 statement should have never been said. And he said it with so much passion, so much conviction. But it was just words. I'm still waiting on the actionable items. It was just words. So fan of Jay-Z, I'm just not a fan of this deal with the NFL. I, I feel like he got in bed with... Uh, he got in bed with, with with the devil per se. So, and uh, there there won't be a change in the NFL until the black players and coaches demand it. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or, or we stop asking for a seat at the table. And I keep saying it. We don't need a seat at the table. We got enough money, knowledge, and power to build our own damn table. And I'm not just talking to NFL. I'm talking in life. We don't have to ask for a seat at the table and get scraps. We can build our own table. We've done it before. We can do it again. So I'm going to go ahead and leave it there. Uh, thank you for joining us. I hope you all enjoyed. Um, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. Peace, love, and blessings to you all. We don't do We are out of here.